0: Thank you for checking out the HR Like a Boss podcast. If it resonates with you, please consider leaving a rating and a review. And better yet, subscribe and share it with a friend. I've embarked on a journey to get to know amazingly awesome HR and business professionals as I work on a book about what it takes to do HR Like a Boss. On today's episode, I am joined by Lauren Rudman. She's a dear friend of mine that we first met when we were serving on the board at Cleveland Sherm. She was the president and did an amazing job, and one of her cornerstone achievements was bringing Disrupt HR to the Cleveland community. Thank you, Lauren, for joining me today. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat. HR and all things. You got it. For, so for those that don't know you, please, please tell us a little bit about yourself, your current position, and maybe some highlights of your career in HR.
1: Sure. So uh, born in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, raised here and have lived here all my life. Uh, went away for school and then came back. So I have about 15 years in, in HR. I would say majority of those 15 years have been in a generalist capacity, but more so focused on the, what I call talent management side um, of HR. So my uh, my first job out of college, I joined the Greater Cleveland Regional Transit Authority. Um, I was first in the management development program uh, there. And uh, that's Cleveland's public transit agency. Both uh, We offer both uh, buses, uh, bus transportation, as well as rail transportation uh, for those who aren't familiar with, with the Cleveland demographic. Um, so I was there for about six years. Like I said, for first two in a management development program where I spent two years rotating between different departments across the agency. My claim to fame with that role is I do have a commercial driver's license, uh, class B and passenger air brake endorsements. For those
0: who so are cool. familiar
1: with uh, yeah. with uh, the CDL requirements,
0: was that required in the in the training program that you did? It, oh, how cool! It was, how, it was did you, you actually have- drive passengers around on the bus? And oh, how cool!
1: Yes, it was a great experience. Great way to learn the city too, um, and in in be in areas that perhaps you've never been before, or just understanding how all of our roads connect and and also putting yourself in the seat of, literally in the seat of a bus driver or, or one of our rail operators. And um, so I'm, I'm really thankful and, and appreciative that I had that opportunity. And then once that program was done, I was, in, uh, was placed into human resources for about four years. Um, after that, uh but for about six years at RTA, I moved over to a company called Erico International uh, Corporation, which was a, a, a global manufacturing company. Um, was there for about two and a half years as a plant HR manager. I had three facilities in the Cleveland area that I was responsible for, all 24-7 operations. Um, And then about two and a half years of being there, a company called Pentair acquired Erico, So I went along with the acquisition and I remained in HR, but I transitioned over to the commercial side of the business. So supporting sales, marketing, engineering, product management, um, customer service, and supply chain. And so I was there f- between Erico and Pantera for about six years. And then just uh, about two and a half years ago, I moved into the construction industry where I am now with a company called Donnelly's Construction. Um, we're a, a commercial and industrial uh, construction organization with uh, two different business units, one being construction management, and then the other one being um, concrete. So um, for those who are familiar with concrete, I'm referring to a structural concrete framing. So if you think about think about a parking garage or a parking deck, that's really the bread and butter of uh, what we do. But um, I lead HR for for the organization. Uh, we do work in six states, and have about mm, anywhere from 550 to 600 employees at a given time for projects.
0: Because so you have your license, because they have your license, have they asked you to drive any of the concrete <laughs> trucks yet?
1: Not yet, but I, I, you know, maybe we'll see if that ever happens or not to be determined, but I know I am a backup for, um, or I think a backup of a backup on some of our, uh, smaller trucks, uh, with, uh, you know, just have, just have beds in them. So that's a claim to fame, I guess. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so aside from my, my experience, um, my work experience, I've also been involved, you know, like you mentioned within, uh, Cleveland Sherm for, for many years, um, now as a what I call myself a retired member uh, of the President's Council, um, I was on the board for about eight years, uh, most recently as president, and I still remain involved in the Cleveland Sherm Foundation. And then I also um, help run uh, Disrupt HR Cleveland, which I know you're very familiar with and have been a great sponsor and supporter of. And so we were supposed to have our 10th 10th event in 2020, but unfortunately with COVID, um, we decided to, to postpone until 2021. So that was a bummer, but uh, makes sense with everything that's, uh, that's going on. So still passionate about, uh, you know, HR in the Northeast Ohio area and try to remain as active as I can in the, in the HR community. That's yeah, me.
0: No. Yeah, awesome. That's a great background and context. It sure is tells, it actually speaks to a couple of the key points that I know or the premise of the book around HR like a boss. And you you mentioned really driving the bus at the RTA or being a backup um, to me, uh, an effective HR professional is one that understands and gets the business first and then understands how to connect the people to the business uh, or the organization or whatever it might be. And uh, I, I certainly appreciate that. And I know, I know I've asked you to help me out in some of my craziness and disrupt HR Cleveland. So you've always been a good uh, fan and supporter, and I, I appreciate our relationship very much. So mm-hmm. thank you. Definitely. So that just, being said, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh, I just said likewise.
0: Oh, gosh, yes. All right, so how, how do you describe the purpose of human resources? What would be your answer to that question?
1: The Lauren Rudman Webster Dictionary definition. Um, I think it's, for me, when I think about human resources, I think about Business people first, who just happen to be in charge of the company's talent, and I think that comes from recruiting talent in the organization to um, retaining and engaging that talent, and being able to move that talent around with where the business needs are, while at the same time matching what the, what the employees' interests and engagement levels are. Um, I think the most important part of HR. I mean, and you hit it you hit it exactly uh, with what you referenced before is is you have to understand how your business makes money. And if you don't understand how your business makes money, then you're not gonna be an effective HR professional. So I think understanding your company's um, P&L or even just customer base and or vendor relationships or suppliers, having a good understanding of of who those those people are or who those organizations are and, and how those relationships came into play which then can translate into how your company makes money, which then re- translates into how do we manage our human capital. So I'd say business first. Who business people who just happen to practice
0: HR. Maybe I should have you co-author the book with me because you. Still, you still, <laughs> that that's the premise, right? Really, that's the premise. And the unique part of it is, is like I've dealt as you have met countless wonderful people. People in HR, just as as kind of a whole, just a really good group of individual. They all have the right intentions. They like to work with people. You hear that quite a bit. Um, And it's distinct to me when you see someone that gets that piece, right? They get the business aspect of it first, and they just so happen to practice HR. And to me, part of my motivation is, is is to showcase to others that maybe are really focusing on their discipline of comp or benefits or something else, even leadership to where they maybe aren't as knowledgeable of how a business works, maybe how their industry drives change or profitability or lack thereof, mm-hmm. and then being able to figure out, okay, well, how do I get all the people to see that same concept? Like to me, HR's role is to to trickle that down to all your employees so they understand how the company makes money, right, and how their role impacts them making money, and and it's it's I know that's I know that's unique, right? I know that's a unique uh, balance uh, in HR, so. So So that said, what do, you, what do you enjoy the most about working in human resources?
1: I think my, my favorite part is is employees. I mean, the employee engagement and seeing employees come together to, to give back and you know either to each other or to the business or to their community. And um, I've been fortunate to work with organizations who community engagement or philanthropy or giving back has been a part of the culture. And so for me, that's, that's been the best part. Um, I think it's also important for HR professionals and, and, and really anybody in the organization to have a good idea of what other people do. So for example, you know, right now I work in construction, so it's important for me to go out to construction sites, walk job sites, Ask the crews what's going, you know, say hi and ask the crews what's going on or what's on their work plan for, what's the work schedule for the day. When I worked in manufacturing, you know, go out, you know, I would go out on the shop floor and um, work on an assembly table or a packing table and, you know, just do it for maybe half hour, hour, you know, once a month or so. And just to get, to get a better idea of our products or your services and, and hearing it directly from the people who do it. Um, I also think that HR people shouldn't be naive to understand that they are purely a cost center, right? I mean, I don't make the company money. The people who are on the front lines are the people are are the reason why I have a job and why HR professionals have a job. So I think it's even more important and really our responsibility to go out there and really understand for the people who do make our company money, what do they do and how do they do it? Hmm. Um, so for me, that's always been important, and I I encourage uh, for the other HR professionals out there spend time doing that. You know, find mentors around the organization who can teach you how the company makes money, or how or what other departments do, and what their functions are. And not to say you get into every every little detail about it, but having a general understanding will really help you or help help HR professionals uh, do their job well.
0: Sure. How did how did you learn that skill? How did you how did you was that a natural instinct for you right away at the RTA when you started again literally driving the bus, or like what 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 got you to kind of see that as being so important with, through a mentor? Or
1: I think it was a couple things. I think it was mentors that I had around both in, inside and outside the organization. I think it was mentors within groups like Cleveland Sherm and and just constantly hearing the understanding the business um and i also attributed to i started going back to school right away after i graduated from my undergrad i started that fall um going back to cleveland state university for my master's degree and so part of it uh, part of that program i think attributed to that too because i had to take a couple uh general business courses in addition to i mean my undergrad was in business administration but there was also some required classes that cleveland state had us take And so I think a mixture between all three of those different um, areas of influence is really what it has ingrained in me.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, mentors and surrounding yourself around people that get it as well, right? And resonating to that and being a quick learner and study to that, which makes sense. So with the fact, and kind of use your words, paraphrase, HR -hmm. being a cost center
1: Mm -hmm. and then
0: realizing the importance of HR is how, how, how a company, business makes money or achieves their their goal mm-hmm. so in what you do how, how do you define your success like in in what you do as a director of hr leader in human resources
1: well i come from, i've come from organizations where metrics metrics are 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 measured and and talked about and discussed and analyzed and manipulated in every way Um, So I think for me, yes, you see, you could see success or or areas of improvement based on those metrics. Um, So, so I think for me, that's been a huge driver, but I also understand that numbers don't always tell the story. They tell the story, but there's also people behind those numbers or, or things can be subjective, whereas the numbers are objective. Um, So I think for me, success is driving is driving the numbers of retention and hiring and, and being a great service provider to my business unit leaders or to my other directors or managers in the organization and being also to that soundboard for them. I think HR takes on a lot of different roles like teacher or psychologist or a lawyer or um, sometimes it's putting on like the mom or dad hat. And, um, so I think it's also being versatile in those roles that you have to play. I also think it's success for HR, one of the most important um, pieces that are off that's often undervalued is really that teamwork and collaboration and connector piece. Um, so I think being a good team player by, you know, just simple things, responding to people, executing on the tasks that fall within your lab, following up on action items. I also think it's important for collaboration and connection because HR is often, hopefully, the most aware of initiatives or programs or, or the strategic plan of what the organization is is charged with doing either that quarter, or that year, the next couple years. And so it's important for HR people to really look at the organization as a whole and say who needs to be involved in in this. You know, is so if it's a new program or campaign i'm pulling my marketing director i'm pulling my controller i'm pulling my general counsel I'm pulling my it director to understand how something that's maybe an operations driven initiative how can we support that initiative um, on this end of it and so i think we t- we take on the responsibility of being that collaborator and connector um, within the organization to execute on our plans. So I think for me, that's also another important part of what I do and what I view as my responsibility as success is to make sure everybody's on the same page and everybody understands their role and responsibility. And also how are we communicating those responsibilities to the organization itself? So a lot of collaboration with marketing from a communication standpoint, a lot of collaboration with my my controller to make sure we have the funds to do so. Uh, Partnering with our general counsel to make sure everything that we're doing is is legal and uh, you know with my IT director to make sure we have all the systems or programs to support it. And then obviously just your business unit leaders to align with what their priorities are for the year or beyond. Um, So I'd say a mix between understanding the business being that great being um, the great connector and a uh, collaborator and, and team member that you can and and realizing that your metrics can can really drive and tell the story, but you also have to put the human element in that story too. And so that's where taking on, HR taking on different roles as like I said, like a teacher or a psychologist or a lawyer comes into play.
0: Yeah, no, I heard it once described as drama or issues come into HR and it's HR, HR's job to not add any drama to them and and then to diffuse them if need be and then whatever is causing the issue to make it more clear to everyone involved that brought it together and then also organizationally right so it's just a very unique way of of looking at things like don't add more drama to it hr like just just make it better and make it more clear And and especially the bigger the company becomes the more people that you have the the even the small nuance change can become can create confusion and lack of clarity and Uh, HR and communications and marketing, internal marketing, it's a big component of of bringing that together. So,
1: huge. And I think, in addition to what what you said, I think another important aspect of it is when you mentioned not adding drama, I think it's also HR's role. It's important to, you know, for two things. One, to ask questions, because sometimes if you're familiar with, you know, the five whys, Mm -hmm. you'll get down to the core issue. You know, there might be an issue that's surface level here but there's some, you know that there's something deeper. So I think it's our job to ask those questions and be an active listener. And also then think about that situation from other people's shoes. So how does, you know, if if a situation comes up, well, let me put on my director of IT hat, let me put on my director of marketing hat, let me put on one of my business unit leaders hat, and how does it, how will this situation impact them? Um, So that made me think about, when you're saying don't add drama, I think it's important yeah. to listen and, and putting yourself in other people's shoes so you can understand perhaps why that situation arose in the beginning.
0: Yeah, seek first to understand and have empathy in the midst of it. It's, it's powerful, powerful management in that way. People, people like to talk, they want to share and they, they more times than not will open up in that regard. Um, exactly. So it's interesting because um, having done a presentation on the topic that I'm writing the book on, Mm-hmm. Um, one of the questions I have is, why do people hate HR? And I have this, like, I hate HR slide that was, like, so easy for me to find on the internet because there's this sentiment. And I have to tell you, like, I usually get 60 minutes to present on this. We right. could spend the entire 60 minutes talking about the things. Why do people, this? And, and I get hands raised all the time. This is this, that, and the other. So I'm yep. curious your perspective of why, why do you think, and maybe even from prior experience or other mm-hmm. colleagues, do you think uh, may, maybe employees as, as a whole that aren't in HR, why, why do they dislike human resources?
1: I think, I think it's for me, I think it comes down to the fact that HR often has to be the policy enforcer and people don't always like to follow rules. They want to do things their way. And I think that there's always room for Creativity and modification and change management, but if it's also some on the flip side of that, if it's something that it could be unethical or something that could violate a company, you know, policy or process that could potentially hurt somebody, um, yeah, that's a different. That's a different story. So I think that I think that's where HR gets the the negative reputation a lot because we have to be that we're looked to be that policy enforcer. Um, I think there's also there's also people who probably dislike, dislike our, our function because oftentimes we didn't grow up in that business. So for take me, for example, I didn't grow up in public transit. I didn't grow up in manufacturing. I didn't grow up in construction. So I'm coming into, you know, with, within, the, within the organizations that I've been a part of, I've had to learn. And that's, and, you know, even being at my company two and a half years, I'm still learning every day. And I think so. So, with that being said, I think sometimes that that lack of learning and that lack of ask, asking questions on our front as HR professionals can be deemed as either not caring or not not engaged in the business. And so then it's what well, we fall back on being those policy enforcers. So I think it's all it's all a trickle down effect um, as to why
0: I think sometimes people don't don't view our profession. Um, favorably sure yeah I'm intertwined in that for sure is that the policy management I, mean, I think we're seeing this now in our country people don't like being told what to do uh, even if it's for your own public health or safety and you may not agree with it or not uh, it's, it's interesting to see that dynamic and then also too there's the there's the unfortunate circumstance when you have to let someone go you know it's usually your manager and someone from HR so you're you're deemed the pink slip person at times. So there's some sometimes bad news, but um, h- having known so many people through your SHRM experience and having, you know, dealt with a lot of really great people, I'm sure some of them were in HR, but maybe didn't have a, a passion for it or struggle with the profession. Is, th- is there any example that stands out to you of one that you, you found that that was a difficult career for someone, even though they were in it? I think I've
1: yeah I, I, yes, I think that that's I've seen it probably more often than I'd like to admit. Um, I, I think that I think it's twofold. I think it depends on the person and I think it depends on that person's role within the organization and and let me let me back up what I'm saying. I think one as an HR professional with some of the things that we mentioned before about being that, you know, being a business person first and an HR, you know, and a business person who practices HR, I think that's, that's a crucial piece that a lot of individuals perhaps are missing. And I think that's also why sometimes HR isn't always involved with things at the forefront. Or as you know, people like to say, having a seat at the table, tired of that term, but I think it's reality sometimes for some individuals. Right. Um, I think the the second piece, then it's, it's all about how do you fit in culturally with, with the company that you're in. And so I, I use an example of with, with people who I, who I know personally, well. it's, it's some of the organizations that they're in are very, very straight laced, right? People still wear suits and ties to work every day and offices are, it's like crickets walking down the hall because everybody's in their office and nobody's talking to each other. But then you have this HR person who's, you know, who's, Maybe instructed to come into that organization and you know change the culture. Well, you know somebody coming into an organization like that—that's a big ask. And it's—and frankly, are they going to be successful? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But I, I think one of the one of the things that's hard for HR people is recognizing when you're not the right person for that role anymore. And it's scary, right? It's yeah. it's scary to come out of a job. It's scary to. There's a lot of pride. There's a lot of ego there. Um, But I think you have to have that self-awareness to understand when it's no longer, when it's no longer the right place for you to be. And that's okay. And I think that our, our, our culture or our community, our HR community often struggles with that because as with anybody works our life, right? Where you're identified as Um, you know, the founder and president of Willery, you know, whereas it's, no, I'm John, I'm a husband, I'm a, you know, I'm a father, I am, yes, I own a business. And so I think there's just so much pride in who you are, and where you work and what your role is. And sometimes that ego has to come down a little bit.
0: Um, So I think you spend so much time doing it as well, right? You spend, I spend more time working than I do with my kids. I mean, it's, it's close, but it's, it's still more, right? 40 plus hour a week job. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. and it's
1: they, your they, right. don't, they don't. They
0: want to spend all their free time when I have it with me. They want to play with their <laughs> friends or Fortnite or, you know, draw <laughs> or whatever. But it it is. It's it's surreal when you think about it. That yeah. Uh, that that it, it it
1: makes me. I don't know. It just makes me sad. I think, you know it, it's sad from you know a personal level to think about if somebody's really that miserable in their organization, but they don't know how to get out. And um, I think that that's in my experience. I think that's particularly particularly hard for people who are solo HR professionals. Um, It's hard for people who are used to working in large organizations to then come to a very small HR team. If not, you're the, you're the team. Um, So I think it's, and or vice versa, if you're used to being a solo person, and then you go into this large, you know, and your large organization where you're, you're used to doing everything, but now there's certain people who do parts of what you've always used to do, that's a huge adjustment. And so I think sometimes it takes, it takes time to adjust, but maybe people never adjust to that. And so I think then they become unhappy. And um, so, yeah, I think that, you know, and, and especially with right now, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, jobs are, you know, people are scared, people are nervous about what's going to come, and HR has been involved in this, hopefully, you've been, HR professionals have been involved in this ever since it started here in the U.S., and um, my opinion, it's not letting up anytime soon, and uh, so, you know, the importance of of staying in something, it's hard right now with everything that's going on, but I think you have to have enough self-awareness, and and um, sometimes be willing to take risks.
0: Yeah, no, I think, I think that, that's a big component of it, being able to take a risk and mm-hmm. be honest with yourself about your either unhappiness or not the right fit organizationally. Mm-hmm. I, I'm curious to get your opinion on this because I hear this all the time, and you, even kinda, you didn't roll your eyes, but it was close about the seat at the table, right? We hear <laughs> that all the time. It's like the proverbial thing you say for, for HR. And my, my viewpoint on that is is twofold. One is, and I'm curious to get your perspective of it. One is it's been that way for a long time before you get there as an HR leader or professional, in my opinion, like the companies had this structure set up to where HR is party planners or hirers or firers, like, and that nothing really in between. And so you have that that dynamic and then also to to your point of like changing the culture like that stuff takes a long time long time to do it and can one person can change it I've, I've seen it happen before but are you in for the long haul to then change that history that has been within that company culture for however many years they've been around to where HR literally didn't have a seat at the table but now you have to earn that and are you willing and do you know how to put the time in to do it And I
1: I think you just said the key word there, John, you just said, earn it. And, and I, and I, your point about, um, there's probably been people prior to your time who have set the HR agenda. And now you're the new person coming into the organization and they, they think you're going to be the same way, but in reality, you might be completely different. and, So it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of hard work and it takes a lot of accountability and it takes a lot of communication to make that shift. So people will shift their chairs, literally to give you that seat. And sometimes it won't happen. That's just, that's just reality. Um, But I think if, if being a strong HR um, professional who's self-aware, understands their, their weaknesses and is is great to is not great as it's important to admit them and understand that and work you know work to make them an improvement in your life I think that's important Um, and that's important then for your for your uh, business colleagues to understand that too and I think the other part then about um, you've seen it done I've, I've seen it done too and I think that's that's those are those are things to be celebrated Um, and having those small wins are important for employees. And then you never really know what you're coming into. And so there might've been people who might've suggested something many years ago, but it got shot down. Well, maybe they just needed a different person making that suggestion and backing up data as to why that suggestion should be implemented was really a part that was missing.
0: Yeah. And
1: but I think
0: that's an important piece too. Yeah, and a huge premise of what I'm trying to portray in, in the, again, a business person first, it just so happens to practice HR. And if you can then influence the other leadership team, owners, board members, and employees, in theory, you have the, in my mind, a, the greatest, if not the closest to the best chance to shift that thinking for the whole organization, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if a CIO can do that. I don't I don't know if they have that impact. I don't know if an oper- operations manager, maybe portions of accounting, CFO, maybe, but HR is, your job is to connect with the people, right? And to make make that work. Uh, and so that that to me is the great potential, but it you got you got you got to be creative, you got to take chances, you got to take a risk, you got to stick your neck out, you got to be accountable. There's a lot of elements to that that some people just I don't want to go there right I just I want to do my job and I want to go home and I I want to enjoy a nice career right which is fine right it's totally fine uh it's just trying to connect to those that want to maybe shift that uh in their organization or for themselves and make a bigger impact
1: yeah and I think it's 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 human nature to want to be liked right you want to feel accepted you want to feel like you're sitting at the cool kids table at lunch again like we're back in middle school and so I think that that's natural for people to want to do that. But I also think HR, especially in very large companies, um, sometimes you can't be that person because you're interact, you're responsible for the employees, but you're also responsible to the CEO, and you might also be responsible for that for the board. And the board is making CEO decisions, so it's almost like you have many many accountabilities, and you have to put on different hats for. And I think that that can become challenging to people because there might be something that the board wants you to do, but your CEO totally disagrees with, and then you're caught in the middle. Right. And it's, so that can be a, I've seen that happen a couple of times with um, some of my friends who are HR executives where it's a, it's a tough place to be in. And, yeah. and, and HR tend to be people, people, right. You, and um so I think it can be challenging for some when, when unpopular decisions need to be made and um, and those unpopular decisions are especially at the leadership levels or above.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A lot to navigate through. Mm-hmm. Well, I will uh, get you out of here on, on a couple last questions. The one yeah. is you mentioned, you mentioned uh, back in middle school. Um, so if we can take you back a little bit to uh, just starting out your career uh, mm-hmm. at the RTA, if you had advice that you could give yourself a, a a, a younger at the time, maybe less experienced, Lauren Rudman, what, what would you tell her uh, now that you know what you know?
1: Oof. I would tell her, Oh, I tell her? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would tell her to keep working hard, and I would tell her to uh, continue to ask questions so you can learn the business and learn it as intimately as you can and surround yourself with people who uh will help you in your career and i am so thankful that i still have people um you know from either my old boss at rta who i'm still in in contact with monthly um as well as other other directors or managers and and even folks who worked on the shop floor um at rta mechanics and um facilities maintenance team so you know i'm still connected to on facebook and um, get to see what's going on in their life and, and they as mine. So um, yeah, I tell her, keep working hard. It's a lot of hours at first, but um, you know keep and, and keep uh, being connected to your HR community and, and your HR colleagues and understand how your businesses make money and take the time to do it, even if that means working a midnight shift or coming in on the afternoons or coming in on the weekends. Um, that's how you build those relationships and the credibility within your organizations.
0: So yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah. So my last question, because it is the title of the book, and I'm just curious. I know know you might have already done it once or twice before, but we can formally get the response. So how how would you describe someone that does HR like a boss?
1: I think a fierce, uh, fierce business leader who is responsible for the organization's human capital, somebody who's self-aware somebody who's not afraid to make a decision and somebody who's a great collaborator and connector within, within the organization. That's my definition.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Take care.